0: It's Monday, August 2nd. Welcome to a new episode of Bazaar. I'm your host Sid and joining me today is my good friend Utsav, who is a practicing lawyer in Delhi. Utsav, it's a pleasure to have you.
1: Hi, Sid. It's great to be here again on show.
0: Yeah. And you know, today we are going to be talking about proposed changes in the e-commerce rules and what its impact on the economy is going to be like and you know, on the e-commerce players in general, and also on the sellers on those platforms. You know, e-commerce has been one sector which has probably benefited the most from a prolonged lockdown and also has been a bright spot for business. Before we talk about these proposed changes and, you know, how they're going to be affecting the e-commerce entities and the sellers, Utsav, what exactly are these e-commerce rules and, you know, what do they talk about? And when did these e-commerce rules come into place?
1: So, the e-commerce rules are a set of rules which are brought into force under the New Consumer Protection Act. The New Consumer Protection Act defines e-commerce as the buying or selling of goods or services over any digital or electronic network. So, the purpose of the e-commerce rules was to regulate this area which was earlier not explicitly covered under the Consumer Protection Act and to ensure that there are lesser or no unfair trade practices. In the course of e-commerce, because there are lots of reports against the e-commerce giants, uh, basically uh, breaching, uh, you know, the trust of the consumers and uh, not following proper practices, which is why these rules were introduced. E-commerce rules were first notified last year in 2020, and uh, they have been enforced since. Now, these new amendments are just proposed amendments for which they have invited the public comments. And now, after taking the comments into consideration, uh, we will be informed through notification about uh, whether which one of these amend- proposed amendments will be incorporated in the rules.
0: What is the reason for that? Like, Why are they going for amendments so early you know, into the life of these rules? What exactly happened that, that's forcing the government to change these rules?
1: Well, they're not actually uh, changing the rules. They're more uh, adding more things to those rules so proposed additions are there should be the right word like they're called amendments So basically these are additions to these rules the reason for these proposed amendments or additions is that there are a lot of complaints from consumers coming about unfair trade practices and problems that they're facing in the e-commerce platforms which is why like they already the government did think about last year that you know enacting these rules but even after these rules are brought in force uh, there were some more uh, things that have brought to the attention of the government because there was the thought that some amendments might help solve these problems such as unfair trade practices some uh, consumer grievances so they thought that it would be better to make some amendments
0: got it so these rules are quite new implemented only in the previous year and I think the purpose is to serve the consumers and their concerns now my question to you is you know, what are these amendments about? Like, tell me three or four big changes that you see in these proposed amendments that would affect the e-commerce platforms or the sellers on these platforms in a very big way. Like, are there any big changes proposed in these rules? Well, there's a couple of
1: changes that I would like to especially highlight, right? So there's a number of changes, but let's start with the smaller changes. So they have a new rule that e-commerce platforms cannot manipulate search results. Now, this is very important if you look at it, because I mean, it sounds like a small change, but it's significance is that, you know, they cannot give, uh, give preferential treatment to certain sellers by using the technology to alter search results. Similarly, there's another change, which which might sound small, but which has its implication in safeguarding consumer privacy is that no consumer's information, can be taken without their consent. So, you know, they have those pre-ticked boxes on the websites where the consumer doesn't really opt to give their information when, when they're making a purchase or when they're scrolling through the platform. But because there's these pre-ticked boxes are there, so automatically the consumer's information goes into the portal, which the portal then uses for advertising, for bettering its own services.
0: Making and more focused advertisements available to the consumer like because I've also seen this like once I've searched for something I don't know automatically related searches pop in my feed so that's going to be reduced if these uh, rules come into place
1: definitely definitely because the thing is there's no data privacy law so right now these rules can help safeguard things like privacy things which are you know uh, not really when being looked after otherwise hmm. like we like- can discuss some of the bigger changes now So, for example, Mm. one big change I feel is that concept of fallback liability. So, first we must understand that what is an intermediary? Now, fallback liability is a liability which will be attributed to e-commerce platforms that are intermediaries. An intermediary is basically an entity which only hosts the things on the platform and they don't really themselves initiate anything on the platform. Uh, Like, for example, Facebook is an intermediary, right? So, Facebook doesn't itself post pictures for you. You are the one who posts your pictures on Facebook. Facebook is just a platform intermediary. Similarly, Amazon an e-commerce platform is basically an intermediary for sellers to sell their goods and services. The goods and services we see on Amazon are not being sold by Amazon itself. That now fallback liability is basically going to ensure that. So normally intermediaries aren't held liable, right? Hmm. And intermediary is not being held liable for anything that is being sold on its platform.
0: Like if I buy something from Amazon and the product is faulty, Amazon is not going to pay for me. That, that's what you're saying. Like, Amazon is not liable in case something goes wrong.
1: Yeah. Amazon won't be held liable currently. Now what's going to happen is that if the seller is not following some rules or is not delivering, uh, you know, what is expected to the consumer, what what was being understood that the consumer will get when he plays, when you place an order as a consumer. And if you don't get what was expected, even the e-commerce platform can be held liable. Now, the thing is that this is actually in consonance with global trends where they're trying to hold uh, intermediaries accountable, you know, because of all the power that these big platforms have. So, for instance, in the Europe, the e-commerce directive is about to be, is proposed to be replaced by the Digital Services Act, wherein there there will be greater accountability for e-commerce platforms and other intermediaries. But in India right now, the current legal position is that they cannot be held liable. So, for example, in in early 2021, there's a case against Snapdeal in the Karnataka High Court and in this case, the Karnataka High Court explicitly held that the e-commerce platform's Snapdeal, cannot be held liable for what is being sold by another seller on its platform. At most, hmm. they can only be expected to ensure that sellers are following the rules. Hmm. But now with the concept of fallback liability, that might be actually brought into force.
0: If the seller, in, in short, like to summarize, if the seller does not follow the rules that are laid down by the Consumer Protection Act or by the intermediaries themselves, the intermediary would be held liable to compensate any losses to the consumer that has been incurred by the negligence of the seller like if i'm buying something and the seller had not followed the rules then i can also i can also recover the money from amazon itself
1: uh-huh. like the, the amazon can, will be held liable if the sellers are aren't following the rules and if you know the consumer faces a problem because of that so that is mm. that is one thing and then the most important change which has generated the most controversy is the flash sales so flash sales is basically when goods are being sold, you know, at discounted prices with these amazing offers for a limited period of time with the use of technological manipulation. So, you know, when, they are, when they're only highlighting certain products or certain sellers, you know, given more traction to them, basically deceiving the consumers into thinking that there are offers going on. But whereas the reality is that basically they have made the original price look uh, much higher than it actually was. And then they're showing that there's a discount, right? They show a mm. marked up price, basically.
0: Yeah. But I think there was uh, some issue with this, right? Like when I was researching for the show, a lot of articles mentioned that in these proposed rules, what exactly is a flash sales is not mentioned. Like they have not defined exactly what a flash sale is. So again, that will be very ambiguous, right? For these platforms to uh, validate exactly what is allowed and what is not allowed.
1: Well, they have defined it, but the thing is that they they have made it too broad. They need to make it narrower is what, you know, most of the people uh, in the market feel because otherwise any, any sales drive will fall within Mm -hmm. its definition, which will, which will make the very purpose of e-commerce redundant, which is to give consumers prices at, you know, that are reasonable. So they need to narrow down this definition, you know, specify that what kind of technological manipulation is covered, what exact kind of sales. Would be considered because then, because flash sales are basically pro- prohibited under these rules. So they need to be more specific about it that what, what a flash sale is.
0: And I think there was also one that- rule that associated entities and related parties cannot sell on the same platform. So if Amazon is the platform and Amazon has a few related party entities like aperio Retail and CloudTale, like all of the related parties cannot sell on the platform anymore. What do you think about that? Like, do you think that's a positive thing or again, that's unnecessary?
1: I mean, it's actually good because the thing is what they specified is that related parties cannot and also, you know, entities which are basically facilitating delivery, those mm. entities cannot. Like, for example, the entities which help Amazon deliver the products to consumers. So they are themselves considered the e-commerce entity and then they can't sell as sellers in the platform. I mean, that is, that is good for ensuring, you know, reducing the monopoly of the e-commerce, like the control that it has or other sellers, you know, that they don't use it to, you know, benefit themselves and their related entities.
0: Yeah, because I think it was a couple of months back that I read this interesting piece, which mentioned that Amazon through its related party entities is actually selling more than 50 to 60% of the merchandise on its own platform. So it's, it has just found a loophole and it was exploiting it. And I think these proposed rules might actually help curb that. Like you know, they they might not be able to do it anymore. So mm. that's that's a good amendment, and I think they will also have wide-reaching implications. For example, banning flash sales could directly hurt e-commerce platforms like Amazon, Flipkart, and you know they have specific days like Prime Day, Great Indian Festival, uh, Big Diwali Sale, which offers a bunch of flash sales. Like we know, you know, smartphones are offered at minimum prices, and I think there's still confusion, like you mentioned, regarding what exactly will be covered under flash sales because it's still such a broad term. But worst case scenario, I feel if these special day offerings are shut down, business would be severely impacted. So it remains to be seen whether the flash sales that we are thinking of are going to be banned. If that happens, then consumer spending is going to go crash. And one more, one last change that I want to discuss with you is that There's also an amendment which would require sellers to appoint grievance officers. If I want to sell on Amazon, I need to first appoint a grievance officer now. How does that make sense?
1: You know, uh, the thing is that uh, e-commerce platforms already are supposed to have grievance officers. Now, mandating a seller, uh, many of whom are actually small sellers, small businesses to appoint grievance officers is very unrealistic. And it will be difficult to comply with. You know, this will affect business all over again. You know, it will affect smaller players, smaller businesses who are already struggling in this pandemic. And uh, when there's already a grievance officer there with the e-commerce entity, uh, you know, all the complaints by consumers can be taken up by them and then maybe forwarded to the sellers. This will prevent a situation of conflict between the grievance officer of the e-commerce entity and the grievance officer of uh, the seller.
0: Yeah, I think it, it makes no sense because just imagine like there's a Let's say there's a guy in the rural areas. He wants to sell something through Amazon. He doesn't know what a grievance officer is. How is he going to appoint a grievance officer? Like he, he probably doesn't even know this regulation. And uh, I'm not exactly sure. Like a few amendments. I'm not sure exactly how the consumers would benefit from it. Because when we talk about flash sales, you're telling me that, you know, MRP is shot up and they are manipulating the prices. And then they are like, it's not, actually a discounted sale, but still I would say, you know, not all sales are like this, like there are actual flash sales, which are benefiting the consumers, people actually save money during these special events. So altogether banning flash sales, if that happens would be a very bad move because e-commerce is expected to be a 200 billion sector by 2026. And I believe that more regulations are only going to hurt this sector. I understand that people hate giants like Amazon Flipkart and the power that they have. They've cornered a big chunk of the market. And there are a lot of complaints against these platforms for exploiting sellers and, you know, promoting their products first. It, it's not a perfect world, right? It, it's it's not a perfect world. But the fact is that a lot of sellers are still reliant on these platforms and they can't afford to invest in creating their own platforms. Like if you take out Amazon Flipkart, the business will go down.
1: Honestly, the whole idea of these rules is to, you know, while letting e-commerce platforms continue to remain intermediaries and not be held liable for everything the seller is doing, but to hold them accountable and, you know, move in the direction that the global trend is, you know, global laws in Europe and around the world are moving in to reduce the hold that these platforms have over commerce.
0: I think that amendment of the fallback liability clause does make a lot of sense because, it makes sense for Amazon, Flipkart, all of these intermediaries to be held accountable because they need to improve their controls so that sellers follow rules. So I think that there needs to be a balance between the legal structure and the business aspect of it to ensure that, you know, there's no adverse, there's no big adverse impact economically. What do you think about that?
1: I agree. I agree. Because the whole idea right now is to sustain our economy. So it's very important to, Make sure that our rules don't hamper business. Just make things difficult for smaller sellers. Exactly. uh... Because
0: consumer spending is directly linked to the growth of the economy. So once consumer spending goes down, your GDP growth also will go down. When people spend less, then there'll be less circulation of money in the economy. So you got to make sure that these regulations, if if they reduce sales in some indirect way, it could have a direct impact on the economic growth of the country, as well as I think you'll, you'll see ripple effects across sectors. Like once e-commerce is affected because e-commerce brings all the industries together, right? Everyone is selling through e-commerce. So if e-commerce sales goes down, you'll see ripple effects across sectors. And I think the good thing is that these are only proposed amendments and the final changes might actually be quite different. So I want to understand with you, like how does this work? Like, you know, right now, these are proposed changes. What is going to happen? Like, what are the next steps for these changes to be finalized? What what happens behind the curtains?
1: Well, they'll take into, take into consideration the comments received from various stakeholders, from the general public. You know, then they'll decide which one of, of these proposed rules are to be brought in force. If Whichever ones are brought into force will be brought in force through an amendment in the uh, E-Gazette. It will be notified. That's how it's done.
0: So what do you think? Like, is there a chance that these proposed amendments might actually make their way into the final amendments? Or do you think the chances of that are pretty low? Because once you get the public opinion and also opinion from the industry experts, they also might highlight this fact and this thing might not actually go through.
1: Well, I think the flash sales point is probably going to see some change. So they're probably going to you know, narrow down the definition, be more specific about it. I think that's what's going to happen because that's the one thing which is generating the most controversy.
0: Because that is what is going to be directly impacting the e-commerce sales. And also, I think that's what worries sellers right now. If that is something which is uh, banned or there's more stricter regulations on flash sales, then...
1: Uh... I, there's also a lot of protests from the industry about the fallback liability definition. And the lack of clarity because they have defined fallback liability that, you know, okay, intermediaries will be held liable. Uh, e-commerce platforms will be held liable if the sellers fail to comply with the rules. But they haven't said what liability will accrue to what extent mm. or, you know, under what specific circumstances. I think both of these are going to see some narrowing down, some mm. redefining fallback liability and uh, uh, flash sale.
0: All right. Let's see what happens. Uh, I think in the next couple of months, we'll... Get a better picture of how these rules will shape up into the final amendment. Utsav, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Pleasure to be here. yeah. That does it for today's edition of Bazaar. People on the show may have certain recommendations to buy or sell, but don't buy or sell based on what you hear. Do your own research before you take any investing decision. And let us know what you think of the show. You can you know, ping us, you can hit us up with your doubts if you have any suggestions for us any topic that you would like for us to cover any company any particular IPO that you want to want us to cover so we look for your feedback you know that is what keeps us going and uh, take care we will see you next week